section nineteen of shirley by charlotte bronte this librivox recording is in the public domain a summer night the hour was now that of dusk a clear air favoured the kindling of the stars there will be just light enough to show me the way home said miss kildar as she prepared to take leave of caroline at the rectory garden door you must not go alone surely fanny shall accompany you that she shall not of what need i be afraid in my own parish i would walk from fieldhead to the church any fine midsummer night three hours later than this for the mere pleasure of seeing the stars and the chance of meeting a fairy but just wait till the crowd is cleared away agreed there are the five misses armitage streaming by here comes mrs sykes's phaeton mr wynne's close carriage mrs burt whistles car i don't wish to go through the ceremony of bidding them all good-bye so we will step into the garden and take shelter amongst the laburnums for an instant the rectors their curates and their church wardens now issued from the church porch there was a great confabulation shaking of hands congratulation on speeches recommendation to be careful of the night air etc by degrees the throng dispersed the carriages drove off miss kildar was just emerging from her flowery refuge when mr hellstone entered the garden and met her oh i want you he said i was afraid you were already gone caroline come here caroline came expecting as surely did a lecture on not having been visible at church other subjects however occupied the rector's mind i shall not sleep at home to-night he continued i've just met with an old friend and promised to accompany him i shall return probably about noon to-morrow thomas the clerk is engaged and i cannot get him to sleep in the house as i usually do when i am absent for a night now now interrupted shirley you want me as a gentleman the first gentleman in briarfield in short to supply your place be master of the rectory and guardian of your niece and maids while you are away exactly captain i thought the post would suit you will you favour caroline so far as to be her guest for one night will you stay here instead of going back to fieldhead and what will mrs pryor do she expects me home i will send her word come make up your mind to stay it grows late the dew falls heavily you and caroline will enjoy each other's society i doubt not i promise you then to stay with caroline replied shirley as you say we shall enjoy each other's society we will not be separated to-night now rejoin your old friend and fear nothing for us if there should chance to be any disturbance in the night captain if you should hear the picking of a lock the cutting out of a pane of glass a stealthy tread of steps about the house and i need not fear to tell you who bear a well-tempered meddlesome heart under your girl's ribbon sash 
that such little incidents are very possible in the present time what would you do don't know faint perhaps fall down and have to be picked up again but doctor if you assign me the post of honour you must give me arms what weapons are there in your stronghold you could not wield a sword no i could manage the carving-knife better you will find a good one in the dining-room sideboard a lady's knife light to handle and as sharp-pointed as a poniard it will suit caroline but you must give me a brace of pistols i know you have pistols i have two pairs one pair i can place at your disposal you will find them suspended over the mantelpiece of my study in cloth cases loaded yes but not on the cock cock them before you go to bed it is paying you a great compliment captain to lend you these were you one of the awkward squad you should not have them i will take care you need delay no longer mr hellstone you may go now he is gracious to me to lend me his pistol she remarked as the rector passed out at the garden gate but come lena she continued let us go in and have some supper i was too much vexed at tea with the visnage of mr samwin to be able to eat and now i am really hungry entering the house they repaired to the darkened dining-room through the open windows of which apartment stole the evening air bearing the perfume of flowers from the garden the very distant sound of far retreating steps from the road and a soft vague murmur whose origin caroline explained by the remark uttered as she stood listening at the casement surely i hear the beck in the hollow then she rang the bell asked for a candle and some bread and milk miss keeldar's usual supper and her own fanny when she brought in the tray would have closed the windows and the shutters but was requested to desist for the present the twilight was too calm its breath too balmy to be yet excluded they took their meal in silence caroline rose once to remove to the window-sill a glass of flowers which stood on the sideboard the exhalation from the blossoms being somewhat too powerful for the sultry room in returning she half opened a drawer and took from it something that glittered clear and keen in her hand you assigned this to me then surely did you it is bright keen-edged finely tapered it is dangerous-looking i never yet felt the impulse which could move me to direct this against a fellow-creature it is difficult to fancy that circumstances could nerve my arm to strike home with this long knife i should hate to do it replied shirley but i think i could do it if goaded by certain exigencies which i can imagine and miss gildar quietly sipped her glass of new milk looking somewhat thoughtful and a little pale though indeed when did she not look pale she was never florid the milk sipped and the bread eaten fanny was again summoned she and eliza were recommended to go to bed which they were quite willing to do being weary of the day's exertions of much cutting of currant buns and filling of urns and teapots and running backwards and forwards with trays ere long the maid's chamber door was heard to close caroline took a candle and went quietly all over the house seeing that every window was fast and every door barred she did not even evade the haunted back kitchen nor the vault-like cellars 
these visited she returned there is neither spirit nor flesh in the house at present she said which should not be there it is now near eleven o'clock fully bedtime yet i would rather sit up a little longer if you do not object surely here she continued i have brought the brace of pistols from my uncle's study you may examine them at your leisure she placed them on the table before her friend why would you rather sit up longer asked miss kildar taking up the firearms examining them and again laying them down because i have a strange excited feeling in my heart so have i is this state of sleeplessness and restlessness caused by something electrical in the air i wonder no the sky is clear the stars numberless it is a fine night but very still i hear the water fret over its stony bed and hollows copse as distinctly as if it ran below the churchyard wall i am glad it is so still a night a moaning wind or rushing rain would vex me to fever just now why surely because it would baffle my efforts to listen do you listen towards the hollow yes it is the only quarter whence we can hear a sound just now the only one surely they both sat near the window and both leaned their arms on the sill and both inclined their heads towards the open lattice they saw each other's young faces by the starlight and that dim june twilight which does not wholly fade from the west till dawn begins to break in the east mr hellstone thinks we have no idea which way he is gone murmured miss kildar nor on what errand nor with what expectations nor how prepared but i guess much do not you i guess something all those gentlemen your cousin moore included think that you and i are now asleep in our beds unconscious caring nothing about them hoping and fearing nothing for them added caroline both kept silent for full half an hour the night was silent too only the church clock measured its course by quarters some words were interchanged about the chill of the air they wrapped their scarves closer round them resumed their bonnets which they had removed and again watched towards midnight the teasing monotonous bark of the house-dog disturbed the quietude of their vigil caroline rose and made her way noiselessly through the dark passages to the kitchen intending to appease him with a piece of bread she succeeded on returning to the dining-room she found it all dark miss kildar having extinguished the candle the outline of her shape was visible near the still open window leaning out miss hellstone asked no questions she stole to her side the dog recommenced barking furiously suddenly he stopped and seemed to listen the occupants of the dining-room listened too and not merely now to the flow of the mill-stream there was a nearer though a muffled sound on the road below the churchyard a measured beating approaching sound a dull tramp of marching feet it drew near those who listened by degrees comprehended its extent it was not the tread of two nor of a dozen nor of a score of men it was the tread of hundreds they could see nothing the high shrubs of the garden formed a leafy screen between them and the road to hear however was not enough and this they felt as the troop trod forwards 
and seemed actually passing the rectory they felt it more when a human voice though that voice spoke but one word broke the hush of the night halt a halt followed the march was arrested then came a low conference of which no word was distinguishable from the dining-room we must hear this said shirley she turned took her pistols from the table silently passed out through the middle window of the dining-room which was in fact a glass door stole down the walk to the garden wall and stood listening under the lilacs caroline would not have quitted the house had she been alone but where shirley went she would go she glanced at the weapon on the sideboard but left it behind her and presently stood at her friend's side they dared not look over the wall for fear of being seen they were obliged to crouch behind it they heard these words it looks a rambling old building who lives in it besides the damned parson only three women his niece and two servants do you know where they sleep the lass is behind the niece in a front room and hellstone yonder is his chamber he was burning a light but i see none now where would you get in if i were ordered to do his job and he deserves it i'd try yon long window it opens to the dining-room i could grope my way upstairs and i know his chamber how would you manage about the women-folk let em alone except they shrieked and then i'd soon quieten em i could wish to find the old chap asleep if he waked he'd be dangerous has he arms firearms allus and allus loaded then you're a fool to stop us here a shot would give the alarm more would be on us before we could turn round we should miss our main object you might go on i tell you i'd engage hellstone alone a pause one of the party dropped some weapon which rang on the stone causeway at this sound the rectory dog barked again furiously fiercely that spoils all said the voice he'll awake a noise like that might rouse the dead you did not say there was a dog damn you forward forward they went tramp tramp with mustering manifold slow filing tread they were gone shirley stood erect looked over the wall along the road not a soul remains she said she stood amused thank god was the next observation caroline repeated the ejaculation not in so steady a tone she was trembling much her heart was beating fast and thick her face was cold her forehead damp thank god for us she reiterated but what will happen elsewhere they have passed us by that they may make sure of others they have done well returned shirley with composure the others will defend themselves they can do it they are prepared for them with us it is otherwise my finger was on the trigger of this pistol i was quite ready to give that man if he had entered such a greeting as he little calculated on but behind him followed three hundred i had neither three hundred hands nor three hundred weapons i could not have effectually protected either you myself or the two poor women asleep under that roof therefore i again earnestly thank god for insult and peril escaped after a second pause she continued what is it my duty and wisdom to do next not to stay here inactive i'm glad to say but of course to walk over to the hollow to the hollow surely to the hollow will you go with me where those men are gone they have taken the highway we should not encounter them 
the road over the fields is as safe silent and solitary as a path through the air would be will you go yes was the answer given mechanically not because the speaker wished or was prepared to go or indeed was otherwise than scared at the prospect of going but because she felt she could not abandon surely then we must fasten up these windows and leave all as secure as we can behind us you know what we are going for carrie yes no because you wish it is that all and are you so obedient to a mere caprice of mine what a docile wife you would make to a stern husband the moon's face is not whiter than yours at this moment and the aspen at the gate does not tremble more than your busy fingers and so tractable and terror-struck and dismayed and devoted you would follow me into the thick of real danger carrie let me give your fidelity a motive we are going for moore's sake to see if we can be of use to him to make an effort to warn him of what is coming to be sure i am a blind weak fool and you are acute and sensible surely i will go with you i will gladly go with you i do not doubt it you would die blindly and meekly for me but you would intelligently and gladly die for more but in truth there is no question of death to-night we run no risk at all caroline rapidly closed shutter and lattice do not fear that i shall not have breath to run as fast as you can possibly run surely take my hand let us go straight across the fields but you cannot climb walls to-night i can you are afraid of hedges and the beck which we shall be forced to cross i can cross it they started they ran many a wall checked but did not baffle them shirley was sure-footed and agile she could spring like a deer when she chose caroline more timid and less dexterous fell once or twice and bruised herself but she rose again directly saying she was not hurt a quick-set hedge bounded the last field they lost time in seeking a gap in it the aperture when found was narrow but they worked their way through the long hair the tender skin the silks and the muslins suffered but what was chiefly regretted was the impediment this difficulty had caused to speed on the other side they met the beck flowing deep in a rough bed at this point a narrow plank formed the only bridge across it shirley had trodden the plank successfully and fearlessly many a time before caroline had never yet dared to risk the transit i will carry you across said miss keeldar you are light and i am not weak let me try if i fall in you may fish me out was the answer as a grateful squeeze compressed her hand caroline without pausing trod forward on the trembling plank as if it were a continuation of the firm turf surely who followed did not cross it more resolutely or safely in their present humour on their present errand a strong and foaming channel would have been a barrier to neither at the moment they were above the control either of fire or water all still broke more a light and a glow with bonfires would not have stopped them nor would calder or air thundering in flood yet one sound made them pause scarce had they set foot on the solid opposite bank when a shot split the air from the north one second elapsed further off burst a like note in the south within the space of three minutes similar signals boomed in the east and west i thought we were dead at the first explosion observed shirley drawing a long breath i felt myself hit in the temples and i concluded your heart was pierced but the reiterated voice was an explanation those are signals it is their way 
the attack must be near we should have had wings our feet have not borne us swiftly enough a portion of the copse was now to clear when they emerged from it the mill lay just below them they could look down upon the buildings the yard they could see the road beyond and the first glance in that direction told surely she was right in her conjecture they were already too late to give warning it had taken more time than they calculated on to overcome the various obstacles which embarrassed the short cut across the fields the road which should have been white was dark with a moving mass the rioters were assembled in front of the closed yard gates and a single figure stood within apparently addressing them the mill itself was perfectly black and still there was neither life light nor motion around it surely he is prepared surely that is not more meeting them alone whispered surely it is we must go to him i will go to him that you will not why did i come then i came only for him i shall join him fortunately it is out of your power there is no entrance to the yard there is a small entrance at the back besides the gates in front it opens by a secret method which i know i will try it not with my leave miss keeldark clasped her round the waist with both arms and held her back not one step shall you stir she went on authoritatively at this moment moore would be both shocked and embarrassed if he saw either you or me men never want women near them in time of real danger i would not trouble i would help him was the reply how by inspiring him with heroism pooh these are not the days of chivalry it is not a tilt at a tournament we are going to behold but a struggle about money and food and life it is natural that i should be at his side as queen of his heart his mill is his lady-love carry backed by his factory and his frames he is all the encouragement he wants or can know it is not for love or beauty but for ledger and broadcloth he is going to break a spear don't be sentimental robert is not so i could help him i will seek him off then i let you go seek more you will not find him she loosened her hold caroline sped like levelled shaft from bent bow after her rang a jesting jibing laugh look well there is no mistake was the warning given but there was a mistake miss hellstone paused hesitated gazed the figure had suddenly retreated from the gate and was running back hastily to the mill make haste lena cried shirley meet him before he enters caroline slowly returned it is not robert she said it is neither his height form nor bearing i saw it was not robert when i let you go how could you imagine it it is a shabby little figure of a private soldier they had posted him as sentinel he is safe in the mill now i saw the door open and admit him my mind grows easier robert is prepared our warning would have been superfluous and now i am thankful we came too late to give it it has saved us the trouble of a scene how fine to have entered the counting-house tout et perdu and to have found oneself in presence of messieurs armitage and ramsden smoking malone swaggering your uncle sneering mr sykes sipping a cordial and more himself in his cold man-of-business vein i am glad we missed it all i wonder if there are many in the mill surely plenty to defend it the soldiers we have twice seen to-day were going there no doubt and the group we notice surrounding your cousin in the fields will be with him what are they doing now surely what is that noise hatchets and crowbars against the yard gates they are forcing them 
are you afraid no but my heart throbs fast i have a difficulty in standing i will sit down do you feel unmoved hardly that but i am glad i came we shall see what transpires with our own eyes we are here on the spot and none know it instead of amazing the curate the clothier and the corn-dealer with a romantic rush on the stage we stand alone with the friendly night its mute stars and these whispering trees whose report our friends will not come to gather surely surely the gates are down that crash was like the felling of great trees now they are pouring through they will break down the mill doors as they have broken the gate what can robert do against so many would to god i were a little nearer him could hear him speak could speak to him with my will my longing to serve him i could not be a useless burden in his way i could be turned to some account they come on cried shirley how steadily they march in there is discipline in their ranks i will not say there is courage hundreds against tens are no proof of that quality but she dropped her voice there is suffering and desperation enough amongst them these goads will urge them forwards forwards against robert and they hate him surely is there much danger they will win the day we shall see moore and hellstone are of earth's first blood no bunglers no cravens a crash smash shiver stop their whispers a simultaneously hurled volley of stones had saluted the broad front of the mill with all its windows and now every pane of every lattice lay in shattered and pounded fragments a yell followed this demonstration a rioter's yell a north of england a yorkshire a west riding a west riding clothing district of yorkshire rioters yell you never heard that sound perhaps reader so much the better for your ears perhaps for your heart since if it rends the air and hate to yourself or to the men or principles you approve the interest to which you wish well wrath wakens to the cry of hate the lion shakes his mane and rises to the howl of the hyena cast stands up ourful against cast and the indignant wrong spirit of the middle rank bears down in zeal and scorn on the famished and furious mass of the operative class it is difficult to be tolerant difficult to be just in such moments caroline rose shirley put her arm round her they stood together as still as the straight stems of two trees that yell was a long one and when it ceased the night was yet full of the swaying and murmuring of a crowd what next was the question of the listeners nothing came yet the mill remained mute as a mausoleum he cannot be alone whispered caroline i would stake all i have that he is as little alone as he is alarmed responded shirley shots were discharged by the rioters had the defenders waited for this signal it seemed so the hitherto inert and passive mill woke fire flashed from its empty window frames a volley of musketry pealed sharp through the hollow more speaks at last said shirley and he seemed to have the gift of tongues that was not a single voice he has been forbearing no one can accuse him of rashness alleged caroline their discharge preceded his they broke his gates and his windows they fired at his garrison before he repelled them what was going on now it seemed difficult in the darkness to distinguish but something terrible a still renewing tumult was obvious fierce attacks desperate repulses the mill-yard the mill itself was full of battle movement there was scarcely any cessation now of the discharge of firearms and there was struggling rushing trampling and shouting between 
the aim of the assailants seemed to be to enter the mill that of the defenders to beat them off they heard the rebel leader cry to the back lads they heard a voice retort come round we will meet you to the counting-house was the order again welcome we shall have you there was the response and accordingly the fiercest blaze that had yet glowed the loudest rattle that had yet been heard burst from the counting-house front when the mass of rioters rushed up to it the voice that had spoken was moore's own voice they could tell by its tones that his soul was now warm with the conflict they could guess that the fighting animal was roused in every one of those men there struggling together and was for the time quite paramount above the rational human being both the girls felt their faces glow and their pulses throb both knew they would do no good by rushing down into the melee they desired neither to deal nor to receive blows but they could not have run away caroline no more than surely they could not have fainted they could not have taken their eyes from the dim terrible scene from the mass of cloud of smoke the musket lightning for the world how and when would it end was the demand throbbing in their throbbing pulses would a juncture arise in which they could be useful was what they waited to see for though shirley put off their too late arrival with a jest and was ever ready to satirize her own or any other person's enthusiasm she would have given a farm of her best land for a chance of rendering good service the chance was not vouchsafed her the looked-for juncture never came it was not likely moore had expected this attack for days perhaps weeks he was prepared for it at every point he had fortified and garrisoned his mill which in itself was a strong building he was a cool brave man he stood to the defence with unflinching firmness those who were with him caught his spirit and copied his demeanour the rioters had never been so met before at other mills they had attacked they had found no resistance an organized resolute defence was what they never dreamed of encountering when their leaders saw the steady fire kept up from the mill witnessed the composure and determination of its owner heard themselves coolly defied and invited on to death and beheld their men falling wounded round them they felt that nothing was to be done here in haste they mustered their forces drew them away from the building a roll was called over in which the men answered to figures instead of names they dispersed wide over the fields leaving silence and ruin behind them the attack from its commencement to its termination had not occupied an hour day was by this time approaching the west was dim the east beginning to gleam it would have seemed that the girls who had watched this conflict would now wish to hasten to the victors on whose side all their interest had been enlisted but they only very cautiously approached the now battered mill and when suddenly a number of soldiers and gentlemen appeared at the great door opening into the yard they quickly stepped aside into a shed the deposit of old iron and timber whence they could see without being seen it was no cheering spectacle these premises were now a mere blot of desolation on the fresh front of the summer dawn all the copse up the hollow was shady and dewy the hill at its head was green but just here in the centre of the sweet glen discord broken loose in the night from control had beaten the ground with his stamping hoofs and left it waste and pulverized the mill yawned all ruinous with unglazed frames the yard was thickly bestrewn with stones and brickbats 
and close under the mill with the glittering fragments of the shattered windows muskets and other weapons lay here and there more than one deep crimson stain was visible on the gravel a human body lay quiet on its face near the gates and five or six wounded men writhed and moaned in the bloody dust miss keeldar's countenance changed at this view it was the aftertaste of the battle death and pain replacing excitement and exertion it was the blackness the bright fire leaves when its blaze is sunk its warmth failed and its glow faded this is what i wish to prevent she said in a voice whose cadence betrayed the altered impulse of her heart but you could not prevent it you did your best it was in vain said caroline comfortingly don't grieve shirley i'm sorry for those poor fellows was the answer while the spark in her glance dissolved to do are any within the mill hurt i wonder is that your uncle it is and there is mr malone and oh shirley there is robert well resuming her former tone don't squeeze your fingers quite into my hand i see there is nothing wonderful in that we knew he at least was here whoever might be absent he is coming here towards us shirley towards the pump that is to say for the purpose of washing his hands and his forehead which has got a scratch i perceive he bleeds shirley don't hold me i must go not a step he is hurt shirley fiddlestick but i must go to him i wish to go so much i cannot bear to be restrained what for to speak to him to ask how he is and what i can do for him to tease and annoy him to make a spectacle of yourself and him before those soldiers mr malone your uncle etc would he like it think you would you like to remember it a week hence am i always to be curbed and kept down demanded caroline a little passionately for his sake yes and still more for your own i tell you if you showed yourself now you would repent it an hour hence and so would robert you think he would not like it surely far less than he would like our stopping him to say good-night which you were so sore about but that was all play there was no danger and this is serious work he must be unmolested i only wish to go to him because he is my cousin you understand i quite understand but now watch him he has bathed his forehead and the blood has ceased trickling his hurt is really a mere graze i can see it from hence he is going to look after the wounded men accordingly mr moore and mr hellstone went round the yard examining each prostrate form they then gave directions to have the wounded taken up and carried into the mill this duty being performed joe scott was ordered to saddle his master's horse and mr hellstone's pony and the two gentlemen rode away full gallop to seek surgical aid in different directions caroline was not yet pacified surely surely i should have liked to speak one word to him before he went she murmured while the tears gathered glittering in her eyes why do you cry lena asked miss gilda a little sternly you ought to be glad instead of sorry robert has escaped any serious harm he is victorious he has been cool and brave in combat he is now considered in triumph is this a time are these causes for weeping you do not know what i have in my heart pleaded the other what pain what distraction nor whence it arises i can understand that you should exult in robert's greatness and goodness so do i in one sense but in another i feel so miserable i am too far removed from him i used to be nearer let me alone surely do let me cry out a few minutes it relieves me miss keeldar feeling her tremble in every limb ceased to expostulate with her she went out of the shed and left her to weep in peace it was the best plan 
in a few minutes caroline rejoined her much calmer she said with her natural docile gentle manner come surely we will go home now i promise not to try to see robert again till he asks for me i never will try to push myself on him i thank you for restraining me just now i did it with a good intention returned miss kildar now dear lena she continued let us turn our faces to the cool morning breeze and walk very quietly back to the rectory we will steal in as we stole out none shall know where we have been or what we have seen to-night neither taunt nor misconstruction can consequently molest us to-morrow we will see robert and be a good cheer but i will say no more lest i should begin to cry too i seem hard towards you but i am not so End of section nineteen